Hello and welcome to Cannabis Grand Rounds, a production by physicians with advanced degrees in cannabis medicine. Your hosts, Dr. Lee Van Oker, Dr. Les Matthews, and Dr. Hal Altman, will offer unbiased medical cannabis education for healthcare providers and the motivated public. Our content is selected with the objective to fully explore cannabis as science and medicine and pledges to reflect current cannabis knowledge with no hidden agenda nor sponsorships. Hello and welcome back to Cannabis Grand Rounds. My name is Dr. Les Matthews and I'm serving as one of the co-hosts for our podcast today. Our podcast, Cannabis Grand Rounds, is a podcast produced by healthcare professionals for healthcare professionals on all things cannabis. I'm again pleased to be joined by my co-hosts and co-founders of Cannabis Grand Rounds, Dr. Lee Van Oker and Dr. Hal Altman. Welcome, Hal and Lee, back to Cannabis Grand Rounds. Hello. Thank you, Les. You're very welcome. We produced our last podcast beginning to delve into the topic of the plant and the botany of the cannabis plant. And I thought we should continue that conversation for our audience today. And uh, in this podcast, what I'd like to do is take a little deeper dive into some of the classifications, some of the nomenclature, and frankly, some of the misconceptions about the, the naming and the properties of various cannabinoids. And uh, as we do that, I think the first one that jumps out at me that I'd like to get into is the very common uh, classification of indica versus sativa. And I've heard any number of people refer to one as being more stimulating, the other being more sedating and shopping for cannabis with these uh, designations and properties to treat specific uh, indications and so on. Um, But I also understand that that is a much less valid classification and distinction than perhaps it once was. Can you guys uh, get into that for me a little bit? So, Lesson Lee, I think that this is one of the areas that is particularly confusing to uh, consumers and providers alike. Uh, We have inherited a classification system uh, that uses terms like uh, indica and sativa, uh, and there really isn't a good definition for those uh, in the 21st century. So, Lee, you're our uh, resident historian. Can you uh, help us understand just a little bit about uh, how we got saddled with these terms? Yeah, well, and it is interesting because if you think about it, in the it wasn't until the late 20th century that we knew what the chemical compounds were in these plants. But there was a raging fight in the 18th century uh, with two botanists. Uh, Leonus uh, named Cannabis sativa L and said it was a single species, while another botanist, Lamarck, described a strain from India that he said was a second species that he called cannabis indica lamb. Of course, they both used their own initials in that. Um, But if you think about it, really, you know, maybe at one time, you know, we call these land races, the original plants and where they were found. But humans have been using cannabis for thousands of years for food, fiber, medicine. And as early man migrated from continent to continent, he was taking it with him. 
And there is this belief too that it was one of the earliest cultivated plants because it did create a good fiber. You could use the seeds for food. So I think this whole idea of the species, you know, whether it's one species or a subspecies, but these this nomenclature of sativa and you know uh in the community cannabis community they say indica means in the couch right that it makes you <laughs> sleepier and things like that i just don't think it means as much right now because we have created a natural selection on these plants over thousands and thousands of years it isn't like when they were first discovered in the original places that they were discovered. So uh, especially for medicine as physicians, we need a better nomenclature. And genetics has really opened our eyes to this. So prior to us finding uh, cannabinoids and THC as the psychoactive substance, what were the distinguishing characteristics of the so-called indica versus sativa plants? Yeah, so back in the day of, of Lamarck and everyone, they could only go by morphology, what the plants looked like, which as we know as physicians and scientists, right, that's the phenotype of the plant. So uh, what's interesting, so sativa was kind of a narrow leaf, and some people actually now call that narrow leaf drug biotype, NLD, and indica has kind of a wider leaf. So that is now sometimes referred to as wide leaf drug type, meaning because these are both on cannabis, not hemp, um, biotype, WLD. And besides the narrow pointy leaves in sativa, they might have been a little lighter green. The plant would maybe be 8 to 12 feet in height and somewhat slender, as opposed to indica was sort of dense and bushy, shorter. You know, it was originally seen in the Asian countries, not just India, but Tibet and Afghanistan. It would maybe only grow to 3 to 6 feet. So those were kind of the differences that people were using uh, back then. And if you had a true 100% of that plant, that's probably what it would look like. But I don't think there is a true 100% genome of that plant anymore. We've just muddied the waters as humans. And the psychoactive uh, effects of those two land races traditionally have been that, uh, you alluded to it earlier, that indica is more sedating. It uh, has a tendency to put people asleep or at least to, to calm anxiety, whereas sativa is more uplifting. It's more euphoric. It's typically what uh, recreational users are looking for. Yeah. That's that's what it was traditionally called. And, and even today in dispensaries, people are using that nomenclature and that hybrid, they'll say 60-40, sativa indica, you know, won't make you as sleepy, the reverse will, and they're still using that. And that, that's the reason that I think that it's really important to, to talk about this, because in medicinal dispensaries, it's a little different, but Many of users today uh, are legally able to buy this for adult use in California, Colorado, whatever state. If you take a look at the description of what's in the product, they still use the term sativa and indica 
to describe what the base THC and uh, psychoactive effects are. Yeah, and the other issue is a recent study came out and said more than 50% of patients go to recreation, adult use recreational dispensaries and are self-medicating themselves and asking dispensary attendants medical questions. That's a whole nother topic, why this education is so important and why we're doing our podcast. But yeah, it's true. And it doesn't make sense in medicine. We really need to talk about the kind of three-tiered chemo-type system that ranks the cannabinoids in it when you're talking about medicine. So let's let's jump into that for uh, a few minutes to conclude this segment. We've gone now from a much less sophisticated morphologic identification of cannabis to a more sophisticated uh, genomic mapping-type classification, as I understand it, Lee. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. And so what's interesting about the genes, and then we can talk about the three-tiered system essentially, but what's interesting about genomic studies now is there are sort of two genotypes, but there was a study done in 2019, I believe by McLaughlin, that um, looked at the names of, say, you know, which we can talk about later. I can't stand as a doctor, you know, sour, diesel, blue dream, you know, they they need to have more medical right. names. But they looked at them at different dispensaries in California. And while they found two genotypes, they didn't correspond at all to what the dispensaries were saying was this was 60-40 sativa indica. And on top of that, the blue dream in one dispensary didn't even look like a blue dream in another. They weren't the same. So there might be two two genotypes, they still could be just a subspecies of one type of plant. But what we as physicians like to talk about and use in medicine that makes more sense is this chemotype system ranking. So type one is considered THC dominant. And um, defining it greater than hemp means it has to have more above 0.3%, but some of them can have up to 30% THC. And then type two is considered intermediate. And that's where the THC and the CBD are actually in a one-to-one ratio. So just because of the CBD there, it should be less intoxicating. And then type three is a CBD dominant, which we all know in the um, stories that were done on the news, that was like Charlotte's Web that was developed initially for Charlotte Figi for seizures. And that is really a CBD dominant. So there, the THC content is usually less than that 0.3%. And they, they've been doing other classifications. There's been a type four with CBG, cannabigerol, and a type five that has no cannabinoids in it. I, I assume that's just for making hemp and rope and material. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's a better classification. And when I do talk to patients, I tell them, you want a THC dominant, you know, I recommend using tinctures and medicines like that so you know exactly how much cannabinoid and what you're getting in it. But if they do want to vape 
flower, I say you're looking for a THC dominant type to do in the evenings and then a one-to-one or a CBD dominant for days and things. And those types, uh, one, two, and three, are complicated even more by the minor cannabinoids that we really haven't talked about and the terpenes. So it really is, at best, a rudimentary uh, typing system. And I think providers need to understand that even a chemovar that's a type one may have different effects based upon the other components. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we probably should do a show on terpenes too, because terpenes have medicinal values. And you know, those are the chemicals that are in every kind of plant, you know, so linalool, which is in lavender, you know, people talk about aromatherapy, relaxing with lavender, it is sedating, and that can be in it. So yeah, I do, there are certain terpene profiles that I do also tell my patients to look for depending on, you know, what they're trying um, Uh, to do with the cannabis, whether it's for pain, whether it's for sleep and things like that. So speaking of uh, aroma and taste, Lee, what what is the closest relative to cannabis that we have in in North America? (laughs) Well, the cannabisaceae family includes uh, plants like hops. So uh, yes, hops that beer is made for is in the same family of plants. So I wouldn't recommend smoking hops, but uh, <laughs> you never know. You certainly drink yeah. it. Great conversation, uh, Hal and Lee, and I appreciate this, and I know our audience does as well. We are going to continue in future podcasts with uh, more topics related to the cannabis plant. And as you suggested, talk about the minor cannabinoids and terpenes and uh, flavonoids and the so-called entourage effect that we see when these are combined medicinally. And we're also going to take a a deeper dive into the whole topic of hemp, which has become much more uh, in the public eye since the passage of the 2018 Farm Bill. So uh, more to come on these topics. Thank you guys very much. And we appreciate our audience uh, participation. And we'll All information, material, and content on this podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional and or medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment by a qualified physician or healthcare provider. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. Cannabis Grand Rounds LLC does not offer personal health or medical advice. If you have a medical emergency, call your doctor or call 911 immediately.